Yo, 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 what's good? It's your boy Roy, and this is another episode of Sync Gems. Today, we have Jordan Smith. She is the manager of sync and licensing for Chroma Music. Chroma Music is an amazing label. I've reached out to about a year ago, and I feel like my music wasn't there. But a few months ago, we ended up starting to work on an album, which is just in its last stages as we speak. And I'm super stoked about it because it's a label that gets amazing placements. Jordan is amazing. First of all, she's the first woman that's in the podcast. So for that, and also I have to say, I was definitely missing that woman aspect in this business that we are in, composing and making music for libraries. I definitely didn't have as much woman presence in this world, if it's okay to say it like that. I don't know if I'm PC here, but I, I don't have much experience with females in this industry in general, to be honest. And Working with her has been just such a breath of fresh air. She really breaks down how trailer placements work, how her work is done, how cue sheets work, how sports companies work. She really, she brings up so many things that I feel like people are a bit shy to speak about. She really lays down numbers and did not hold back. I really love this interview on so many levels. And that's why I do this. That's why I do this to meet these really cool people who are behind the scenes, who most in most cases have never spoken on a podcast, but just have such a cool approach to them and an open mind. I'm so happy she got on the podcast and we got talking. If you want to support this podcast, please go rate and review it on wherever you're listening to it. Share the love on your socials if you can. Share the posts if you can. This really helps the podcast grow and get into new ears. Another way you can support the podcast is by supporting the sponsors and the people that I choose to collaborate with because they're dope. So Michael Moss has given an amazing lecture about the sync business a few episodes back. After that, I went and did his course. And to be honest, it's my mind was blown after the first module because the sync music business course is just such a wealth of knowledge. It is so full of hacks and things you can take action on right away. There is no BS there. It is just so full of gems and of valuable information that will help you on your journey, regardless of where you are in your journey. Because after five years in this game, I've learned a lot from this course. And to be honest, it goes for super cheap for what you're getting. So go ahead and get it. Link will be in the show notes. And without further ado, Jordan Smith. And we're on Jordan Smith. That is me. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing good. You know, it's been a very, very busy time, just in general with work and personally, but we're chilling, finally. We are chilling. We've uh, yeah. we've had to move this around and we've, we finally got here. And as I was uh, telling you, like before this year, kind of this uh, uh, persona that I want, I actually w really, really want to get to, to know and to hear your story and to hear what you're about. And because working with you has been... Um, so refreshing for me. Um, 
we've done an album together. We're still working on it for Chroma. Yes. Um, and it's just, man, it's just such a breath of fresh air to me to work with, uh, with a woman in this industry. And I would love for you to tell me about your journey and uh, how you got to where you are. And, and yeah, tell me what you're up to. Yeah. Um, well, the journey is long. Um, <laughs> I, well, I guess I could start, I graduated high school not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, which is, you know, typical. You're only 18 years old. Um, and I went to a community college and then I figured it out, like, I still want to work in, like, I, I play the clarinet, um, not the sexiest of instruments. And I like flipped burgers, like trying to get myself through school. So people call me Squidward a lot. Um, <laughs> but um, I realized that I wanted to go to school for music, but not to perform, not at all. Like I'm not a performer. Um, and so I had to pick up the clarinet again if I wanted to get into the music program at Cal State Northridge. So I did that, got into Cal State Northridge. I didn't know that I was that good at the clarinet to even like get in on the collegiate level, but worked um, and then graduated, did many internships because you know it's all about connections and your resume has to be filled to the brim of work. Um, and my first job of within the trailer realm was at uh, Seismic Productions. Um, they are a trailer production company. And being able to work there was really cool because you got to do everything. And I think that's what I like about the trailer business is that every day is new because you're always working on a new and different campaign. Um, like one day you'll be working on a children's movie and then the next day you'll be working on a really scary movie so it's like so different and I love that um but then of course the pandemic hit and so then I got laid off went back to working at Whole Foods only for like six months and then I got a job at a sports broadcasting company in the music department just doing cue sheets all day long and that let me tell you, not fun. Because um, it's cue sheets. I mean, everyone I feel like in the sync industry has to put in their dues and work on cue sheets for a while. I mean, at least that's what everyone tells me. Mm. Um, and they're like, oh, yep, you're in the cue sheet realm. <laughs> um, and so a lot, a lot, a lot of cue sheets, um, like at least 50 a day type of Whoa. processing because it was sports and, you know, there's a lot of sports going on in the world. I know nothing about sports. Um, I just really needed a job. And I needed a job that had, like, you know, music in it. So did that and helped them revamp their whole uh, music department and figuring out the structure. I wrote out their how-to manual guides and all of that. So I am a very organized person, very organized. Um, then after two years of being there, I landed this job. I said it was time to go, try, time to move on from sports. Um, and I wasn't there wasn't like an opportunity for me to move up in the company as well. And I felt like I've learned everything that I needed to learn um, within that company too. So I was like, well, time to go. And so I left and Chroma, um, I applied to Chroma on like a sync Facebook group. So that was cool. Just there's, you know, at Facebook groups, like I know a lot of people don't use Facebook. But there's a lot of postings still that go on through Facebook. Job opportunities for sure. So I saw that and I applied. And honestly, within a week, I was like hired. Like I interviewed that Tuesday. He offered me the job that Thursday. And I accepted it the following Tuesday because I was interviewing at a lot of places. And I was seeing like what everyone's job offer was. So then, yeah. But yeah, I've been at Chroma since July of last year. 
And I've been doing a lot of cleaning up because the organized person I am, I have to clean everything I see or else my brain does not move forward. I'm like, well, if this isn't in order, then how can I complete tasks A, B, and C? That doesn't make sense to me. So it's a lot of um, cleaning, making sure that everything is correct, just because it's a small company. And so it's not like they have these huge um, systems of organization. And so I felt like, well, maybe that's why they brought me in. I mean, maybe that's like being a woman in the industry is it's like having that eye for detail, that woman's touch of organizing everything. Um, so yeah. And not just organizing, but I'm learning a lot because I wasn't able to learn a lot at, um, well, I learned all that I could learn at the sports broadcasting company, but I'm learning a lot more with quote requests, licenses, sending out invoices, POs, all the vendors, uh, learning all the names who are at the production companies, all the editors and stuff like that. So I'm learning, you know, I think this point is more me knowing names, building relationships, understanding what more briefs look like and all that stuff. Mm. Okay, wait. So you you, uh, you asked if you are um, if you're if you're saying too much, but I think you're saying I I would actually li- like to reverse and and kind of uh, um, ask a few questions because so you grew up in California. Yes. Yeah. Grew okay. up in California. Born and raised um, okay. Southern California. Um, Palm Springs, born, and then I was raised in Marietta. It's near Temecula. It's a very, 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 very small, small town. I mean, it, now it's grown like double from when I, me and my family first moved there, yeah. but still, it's pretty small. Yeah, but now you're in in the big city in LA. Yeah, now I'm in LA. Yeah, I, um, I, I've never been. By the way, I'm 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 going to. I made it a point to visit it in the coming year. So. Uh, you might be seeing yeah. me around anyhow uh, <laughs> I back to you so uh, it's fascinating to me how again like people give up their um, their their craft of music or whatnot and go into the 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 knowing that you want to do uh, uh, um, something that has to do with music, but it doesn't have to be composing or it doesn't have to be playing the clarinet. Or So that point for you was after high school, yeah, when you wanted to apply to college? Yeah, because, I mean, I played, or I played the clarinet um, from fifth grade all throughout, like from fifth grade to high school. Mm. So however many years that is. So that's yeah. like a good chunk of my life. But I realized like, you know, when I went to, when I got to CSUN, I just knew that I was like doing the right thing, the right major, the right specialty, just because the performance majors and the majors who want to like focus on composing, their dedication is much more than I could ever put out because they're practicing their instruments. like eight hours a day. Like this is a real, and I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to play the clarinet eight hours a day. That sounds exhausting. Um, I remember myself in the practice rooms of CSUN and wanting to bang my head against the piano. Cause mm. I was like, mm. I was like, this is so hard. I don't have the patience. Mm. Um, do I enjoy, like I enjoyed learning. I love playing with, on, with an ensemble. Um, because I like contributing to something bigger and I don't like being on stage by myself. I have performance anxiety, but if there's like, if I'm in a cluster of people, then I don't feel like all eyes are on me. Um, But when I did have to do like juries where it's like you're learning 12 to 15 minutes worth of music that you have to play in front of a jury of professors and they are judging you. And I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I so I enjoy music. I just know that I'm not the performer. I'm not the performer type. So I found a niche, a place where 
my um, abilities can be used somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, again, and I, I think it brings me to 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 um, cue sheets and also to the now and, and to what you were saying about uh, cleaning up um, and 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 organizing. The thing that I feel a lot from. Uh, um, from basically a lot, a lot of the male people I've worked with in uh, in uh, libraries, and I've worked with quite a few, was that I I, I don't want to offend anyone. Uh, so sorry if you're <laughs> if you're that that person, but you know, like it can be passive aggressive, um, and it can also be um, impulsive. So, like when I say impulsive, I mean like this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, um, oh. work on this. And, okay. and uh, um, or the other way, again, like the passive aggressive is like, uh, it's just like a very unclear approach. And when I, uh, when I worked with you, it was, it was like, you would give me the, the, a very, a very uh, um, calculated answer that would, come for the better good of the track and I would feel it I would actually feel it through the message it would it, it would actually give me motivation to 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 keep going with this because um, yeah again a lot of the times it's just like it's when when a composer creates a track it feels like and, and somebody's giving all this criticism uh, um, just like with no filter just like blah. It sometimes yeah. it, it can be really demotivating. Anyway, for for artists, no, that's that because it's weird because um, that some people might approach it like that because my boss, and I don't think he means it as an insult. He's like, yeah, composers are special. They are sensitive. They, um need direction as not as in like you guys need like hand holding or anything. It's more like, um, um, that, that this is my job and that I have to help and not, I don't know. Also being an asshole in the in industry doesn't help either. I mean, I know that being passive doesn't mean you're an asshole. It just being perceived is a big part of the industry, I guess is, the how, best how, way I can put it. Yeah, could you expand on that? That's um. Well, I understand the um being perceived as um aggressive in emails because when I was working at the Q sheet place, my um my bosses they were tone policing me all day long, and I, when I mean tone policing, I mean like. Like you need to say pleases and thank yous. You need to put. You need to be more nice in emails. You need to be happier in emails. Like all this stuff. And I was, but when it comes to cue sheets, all I need to do is ask for a cue sheet and be like, I need you to send this. Um, when can I receive it? That's it. So in my mind, like that's kind of how I'm saying it. But they're, but they want me to be. I don't know so sweet and like I am just asking for a cue sheet like that's their job is to send me a cue sheet and so I'm asking for it um and so I understand that being per like people perceiving you in ways where it's like um this is I feel like that's out of my control but then there's like moments where I'm like okay but if you're working with an artist um there's there's a way to create a relationship with them because I mean, in my mind, I would like to create a relationship with composers and artists where I don't have to keep on finding um, new composers and artists to work with where I don't know what their work ethic is. I don't know what their methods are. I don't know what they're going to give me. I don't know what their style is. It's like, why, why would I want to um, be rude or, be perceived as someone who doesn't even care about their music and they're, you know, this is their craft. 
Mm. Um, I feel like that's it. It's like you need to pick and choose where it matters. Because to me, it didn't matter if people were perceiving me as rude when I'm asking for cue sheets when they should be sending me cue sheets. Because <laughs> mm. that's their job. But it's like people, and where it's like not even high stakes. It's like all I'm doing is asking, like, do I need to add like a thousand more exclamation points to let them know that I'm happy about it. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But then there's like moments where it's like, okay, there's ways to be thoughtful in an email when it's something like a song or I don't know, just anything else. Yeah. Being perceived as such a big part in the industry, just because, you know, it's all relation-based. So. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's big. Um, Wow, I had a I had a really uh, cool question for that, but it popped out of my head. It'll come back. Yeah. Um, the oh yeah, I got it. It's uh, um, <laughs> to to me. I, I'm I'm reading Rick Rick Rubin's book. Um, really, I, I I can't recommend it highly enough. It's called The Creative Act. Um, and what he said is in the last chapter I read was. There is a different. There is a difference between craftsmanship and art and, and artistry, mm. and you have to know how to approach either both of them if you want to 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 be successful at what you're doing and feel like you're contributing. So I love that. Like you, you were speaking to, like the cue sheets is basically a dry process of you're not. It's not like the. Some somebody who's giving you the sheet is like uh, uh, tuning his instrument before he's doing that. Uh, um, yeah. being nice to them <laughs> is always a bonus, right? But they yeah. they they have a very clear set of things they need to do. So um, that's that's craftsmanship. And then when you go up to an artist with the same approach as a craftsman, then it loses the soul in the yeah. way that I see it. And I think you have an edge like that because. You have uh, in your mind, and that's you, you see. I'll always be running back to your story because that's where all the the interesting things are. Where you are, you know, you want to do something with music, but you know you don't want to play the instrument. So you go and do something in the gray area, like you yeah. go and 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 learn management, and with the knowing that you will ninety five percent chances that you'll use it in music somehow. So like yeah. you're going into that uh, gray area with not knowing exactly what that means, if you're going to do cue sheets, if you're going to do whatever. But it's it's so inspiring to me to hear that you went with that route and then like the direction kind of figured itself out. It, it fine-tuned. Yeah. So, so that's, that's really beautiful to me. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, like I think when you're jumping into or like – when people who don't want to play music within the industry, when they jump into it, they feel like most people get overwhelmed, which I definitely was like when I took the classes and I realized all the different things that I could do and still work within the, within the music industry, it was overwhelming, but you just have to figure out, okay, where, what actually interests me and where could I see myself like really succeed and use all the tools that I already have in my tool belt and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I'm, I'm interested in, in, in cue sheets. What does it look like when you work in, uh, in a sports advertisement, advertising company? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, so when I'm working within the, like, the cue sheet realm. I'm not really choosing music. Um, we have a library or we have blanket licenses from multiple different production libraries and the producers or the editors or producers have access to that library and they can just cue the music um, immediately to the program and where they're at within the program. And so as that is being generated, they send that cue sheet that is generated through one of the software systems that they have, and then they send it to us. And then we just make sure that everything is correct, 
that, you know, composer, publisher, shares, all that stuff is correct. And we send it out to the PROs. Um, and then sometimes, um, sometimes the program won't generate the music. And so that means we have to live cue it. And live cueing is like literally watching the program and figuring out what music was played, which is really hard because it's all, I mean, it's like, it, it's a sp- a sports program and so it's all generic like rock music typically you know um and so trying to figure out which track it is out of the thousands of tracks we have um and then and then we have to figure out okay what two sheets are missing because you know um for like certain like let's say a team is going to play um what's a good example uh I wish I knew like good examples just because but the thing is like I don't know sports like as soon as I like stopped working there I've erased all sports teams from (laughs) (laughs) so a Um, a team a whatever yeah or let's just say that the Clippers are playing against Lakers um, yeah playing against the Lakers or somewhere from the East coast, what the Brooklyn Nets. So let's say that their Lakers are playing against the Brooklyn Nets. Is it the Nets? No, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, shout out Where, to uh, sports, sports people yeah. out there where it's not us. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry if I just offended anyone. Um, so let's say that they're playing against each other. Well, they're also not just like their cue sheets are both going to be different they're going to be in completely two different regions so we have to collect the um the cue sheets for pre-game the game and then post-game so there's going to be three separate cue sheets for both teams and then they might have let's say like another game in the day so let's there could be like six cue sheets just for one team who's playing maybe like twice a day and so it so we have to like send out a missing cue sheet report to all the regions to be like, hey, we don't have these cue sheets from you. And so that's why you have to reach out to the people and be like, hey, I need your cue sheet because we're getting behind. We're now three months from said program. I need you to send it over. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it's just like a lot of ad admin work. Like there wasn't anything super creative with it. Um, it's all all business with this one with this job it's much more creative um and so i feel like with that job i have like all admin work like under my belt like mm-hmm. i can make and create and organize anything i need to get something done and make it look pretty and you can find it anywhere like i will have a spreadsheet for you um but with this it's much more like creative like i'm balancing both so that's very interesting mm, yeah and, and it's so again it's so cool to hear um the transferable skills like even if you've suffered in that place i can still hear you saying well it did give me some organizational skills like regardless of whether i know who the clippers are and who the red Sox are like it, yeah. it you, you've done things that are you cannot unlearn now that it's it's just like embedded in you um embedded in you and and this is like and this is from from my perspective it's something that i wouldn't be able to do for more than two days in a row <laughs> i would i would probably uh, have a meltdown after that and so now taking it a bit forward the your your job at chroma what does that mean? And you were speaking in the beginning to how much you like working in the trailer space. Uh, and and I would love for you to kind of expand on that. How is it different than other spaces? And what keeps that alive for you? Because it actually sounds like you feel like you have a meaning in this job, like you have a contribution. Yeah. Well, the trailer space, I mean, I feel like I've always liked trailers, like going, like I like to be at the movies on time (laughs) so I can actually see the trailer. People are always like, oh, it's fine. We'll just miss the trailers. And I'm like, but I want to watch the trailers. (laughs) 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 And so, um, and so 
when I just got when I first got the job at Seismic Productions, that first job before the sports broadcasting, I didn't even know how niche the whole trailer world is. Like they even have their own like mini award show. Um just like how there's a Guild of Music Supervisors award show. There is they put together something for the trailer realm. Um so it's just very, very niche. Um and so this side of it, like I'm on the side of um supplying music to the trailer houses. Um so they'll send us over a brief of like hey, this is what we're looking for. This is an example of the style. We need something with maybe this type of instrument instrumentation. Could you please send that over by this time? And so then we go into our library, we scour it, put in, you know, our key like words that we put in when we like put in all the tags for each or like the descriptors for each song. And then we send it out. Um, some people will ask for stems of our music, which kind of like gets ex- excited because it's like, ooh, okay. But at least we're like somewhat in like the running if they're asking for stems because, because I mean, if they ask for eighths or like an in- instrumental, that just like means that they're probably testing a hundred things out. But if they're asking for stems, I'm like, ooh, they might actually be like, cutting some things, really trying to work this song in. Um, But of course, that doesn't mean that it's going to actually get cut with that song. It just means we're really in the running. Um, And so, yeah, it's a lot of that. Um, A lot of just like sending people like our music. Um, We do a lot of custom work at Chroma. And so like right now, like they love one of our songs, but they need it to be longer. Like the tail end needs to be longer, more climactic. And so that's what they're doing with that song right now. Um, They'll do um, customs for pieces that already have music within the movie, basically just trailerizing it, making it more, um, you know, dramatic, thematic. Um, And then what else do we do? I mean, we do a lot, honestly. Like I, I feel like I have like so many different hats on in this job, which is actually like really exciting because I get bored very easily. And so when there's like something new to do, or I have like 10 different new, like different things that I have to accomplish within the day, I'm like, oh, finally, something interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, we are what well, we call ourselves like a premium library because we we mostly specialize in trailer music, like a lot of premium or a lot of production libraries just mostly do like stuff for like TV shows, you know, like all the background music, um, like for Lifetime or like I said for sports broadcasting. But we again specialize in trailer music. Um, by doing customs, by having these amazing theatrical cinematic pieces um, um, that are just, you know, structured in the way that you would see any trailer song be structured. And so that's why I always like, when I send out briefs to composers, I always add like YouTube clips of examples of songs that we want so that you guys can put it in your head and be like, oh, okay. Like there's like hits here. There's um, like, there's movement to the piece. It's not just all one thing. Um, sometimes I will ask people to put their music over, over the clip that I send them to see if it has the same effect. Um, <clears throat> just because, just because sometimes like what I'm saying isn't translating over email and I'm like totally aware. I'm like, okay, you know what? This isn't, I'm obviously not communicating very well right here. So hopefully like maybe visualizing it would be much easier for the composer than just listening to me talk to them, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, this job is like really helping me um, get my skills of uh, working with composers because I, I 
have never had to do that before. Um, but I think so far I'm doing it well. I think I'm getting good feedback from most composers. Um, just because I want everyone to be like proud of what, not just like what we have to put within the Chroma library, but that what you guys are also contributing and I want it to be syncable. I want you guys to get your syncs. I know that mostly I wish composers would understand that it's a numbers game. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to get so much stuff within a library to get synced. And then sometimes it's just like dumb luck, you know? Um, but, but I'm just like, I'm just advocating for all of you guys, honestly, mm. at least within this job. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in, in Chroma as a, as a, 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 a premium agency for trailer music. Do you also do you also get to do projects that are not trailer specific? Um, we're trying to uh, branch out into the ad, like you know, like a Macy's commercials. Like we've had like some Coles and J.C. Penney's, but we want to do more of that stuff. You know. Um, or even like car commercials. I think that'd be really fun. We do um, a lot of video games. The video game realm is very, um, I don't know, ripe because there's so like, if you go on YouTube and look up video game, like teasers or gear trailers, or just like anything, there's like millions of views on each of these videos and they've only been out for like a couple weeks with millions of views. So it's a wild. Um, so yeah, we try to really get our foot within the video game realm. Yeah. Video games are, it's, it's crazy. It's so oh, underlooked and underlooked or overlooked. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just like not, 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 not looked at as as prestigious as the, like the trailer world, but it is actually more uh, revenue generating. Uh, that's what Tom uh, from Brand X said that the the game, the game, uh, the game industry is just like so much more lucrative, but nobody knows about it. So it's yeah, uh, it is yeah. very very lucrative. I mean, especially for like. Uh, like the trailers that they put out on YouTube, like all the time, like they're putting out trailers, like two or three videos or a week sometimes. And so like the ability to get your music synced there is massive and honestly more likely, at least for composers, um, just cause, cause you know, trailers only come out, like they have teasers, you know, they have a couple teasers and then they have like one or two main trailers, but typically only one main trailer. Mm. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I agree that video games do get like overlooked and they need, I don't know, at least I'm looking at them. I want to hope that I'm zoning in on them and seeing what, briefs we're getting and if we're lacking anything in there then i'm putting together briefs to send out to composers and you know yeah i just want to make sure we have everything in our library which is which is another thing that libraries i guess working at a library is making me aware of it's like you have to see where our weaknesses are so we can make our library like really well versed mm. yeah and unique at the same time yeah, exactly. Um, because you don't want the same generic music that all the other libraries have. It's like, that's easy to get. Everyone has them. We want something that, you know, because our music is getting licensed for like on average, at least 20 to 30, maybe $40,000 from a direct license. Um, and so I want to make sure that all of our music is, is, you know, that top tier of being licensed for that much. Like we're not asking for that because we think we're ignorant, but it's like our music is really like good. You know, I think it's very, I don't know. 
it's perfect. It truly is like trailer ready for the most part. Wow. 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 That was big. So uh, like, uh, um, it, it's amazing. So, uh, um, your I feel like when when you expressed the most uh, uh, emotion to to uh, when you were speaking was in a few points. First of all, like the the conversation of like succeeding for you and the and the composer. Another thing that I got is just like that that the exciting you get a lot of probably uh, um, briefs from trailer houses or whatnot and probably send them a few tracks. But the exciting part is when they're actually okay. Uh, can you send the stems please for this which doesn't mean yeah. the final thing right like it is so yeah. so I would love to to dig in a little bit into this process because this hasn't been done done on the pro on the podcast where you are uh, um you are doing this back and forth right with a bunch of production houses that are like oh we need a song that sounds like this that feels like this that da 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 what does that process look like for you you probably have to be quick with the turnaround and And like, what, yeah. what does it look like? Yeah, we have our stems um, already in links, ready to go, um, because we just want them to be on hand so we can send them out literally within minutes. Like, we don't want to reach out to the composers and be like, hey, can you export your stems? They need to look like this. And then we have to, like, put all the tagging on them to make sure that, like, it's actually, like, ours so that... Um, composer or the house doesn't get confused of like wait where did this where did, where did these stems come from but it's they'll know it's ours because we've tagged them and so that's already ready like we do that with all all of our socks um and so then we send it out and then honestly it's a waiting game you wait you wait you wait and then the tr typically trailer houses do not deal with their own with the licensing part of it basically they're just paid to create the campaign that's their job um and so then they send off the campaign or the everything that they've edited to back to the studio that they were you know um hired to create the campaign for and then the studio comes to us and they're like hey we like this song Here, could we get a quote request for it? And so basically, like, that's typically what happens. It's like we go back and forth with a quote request. Um, like, we ask for the highest amount possible. Like, we have a range of, like, of an ideal of, like, okay, this these are the rights they're asking for. This is, like, is it in perpetuity? Is it global? Or is it just based on a region? Um, what else, you know, like, is this just online, just streaming, or is this like everywhere? Is this going to be in theaters or is this going to be excluding theaters? So, um, the typical one is all media worldwide in perpetuity. So basically they can use it whenever, wherever, forever. Um, so So that would be what we would like quote back to them at like our highest, um, like, you know, like 30, 40 K. And then if it's a custom work, like sometimes it depends on how much the custom can go for. Um, but depending on how much they've worked on it, like we'll start quoting probably at a hundred K and then we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Um, just because custom work, they've been working on one piece for, um, a movie that's hopefully going to come out this year. They've been working on this custom piece for a year. So we're going to see how much, um, they can get from this just because it's like, if you're working on a piece for a year, um, that's like a lot of like unpaid work, you know? that you're just asking someone to do. And so all of those hours are honestly what's probably going to be asked for within the license, not just like the music, but like, Hey, these are the hours that were put in. We put in a year's worth of work on this music. Like, so I can't, I can only imagine how much my boss is going to quote for that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be very excited. I know I'm going to like gasp 
gasp. I'm like, <gasps> I always gasp when I hear like some of the quotes. I'm like, okay, for sure. Get that money. <laughs> like, just because I'm still like uh, figuring out like what's a typical quote for something. Um, so I'm still like learning that, getting that under my belt. Um, Cause it's not, honestly, sometimes it's not an exact science. Um, sometimes it's based on, okay, are you a small little company or are you Disney? You know, who has the money? <laughs> and so it just, it's not an exact science. It just depends. Um, so yeah, so then we go back and forth with quote requests. If the quote gets approved and the song gets approved and then they send us a license, I send them an invoice, then they send us the money and then we pay out the composers. So sometimes it can, sometimes it could be fast, like super fast. Sometimes it could take a, like I said, a year to get something paid out. Like sometimes it's wild. Um, but no, that's the job. And that's why you have to stay organized because you have to, you have to realize like, oh wait, who hasn't paid us out yet? Let's see if this even got used or placed. Like we should ask for some confirmations like, hey, like where are we on this custom or where are you guys on this track? Like you asked for a quote, like we just want to make sure if it was or was not used. And so it's just a lot of um, keeping track of everything um, because you don't want to get lost in the mix um, and not get your composers paid or you know, illegally having your music used. So, which happened actually once recently within this job. Um, but when that happens, they are so fast and they are so quick. They're like, oh my God, we're so sorry. Like that shouldn't have happened, all that stuff. And so they're so fast to like pay, to paying you out. And like their negotiation just kind of lessens because they didn't get your permission no to leverage. use. Yeah. The leverage is gone. And so like, that was very interesting to see. Um, so yeah, I'm just like learning a lot. There's so many experience here that I'm sure that I still have not seen yet, but I'm excited to see them all. Wow. Wow. Jordan, you just dropped so much value. Like it, it's, <laughs> I, I, and yeah. And I, I mean, again, I've had a lot of um, actually CEOs and heads of labels and I, I just love how you, um, you just put it into terms for for the every every person to to understand how this uh, actually works, and I really appreciate you laying it like that. Um, I know the conversation. So anyone who's listening, the conversation's all over the place. But I'm I'm just getting so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just getting so inspired by little things as we as we go that I have to to circle back to things like, I mean um to 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 the quality of the music and the quality uh, um that you uh demand of yourself and, and of the composer the thing that I've that I've picked up with with you is that you've sent me actually campaigns you've sent me YouTube videos of things that I absolutely am fanatic for so like you've you've actually hit all the boxes so many boxes with the with the references you sent me and and I had a call with my friend and I was like oh my god not only am I working with this library that I've been wanting to work with but they're also sending me movies that I actually that's my like that's my life goals kind of stuff and it, yeah. it just created this feeling of um of 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 feeling like something that's bigger which uh, which I think is a big takeaway for composers. Like if you are working on something and you don't really feel like they are into what you're doing or they are giving you things that are that are not in the direction of what you are looking to 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 make an impact in, then just like maybe it's a good it's a good time to think about is this a company that you want to work with? You know. Um, which is it's it's yeah it's it's giant it's huge um no i agree like sometimes you just have to realize like when the relationship isn't working 
But like the thing is, like no one wants to like be that person and be like, mm, I don't think this is gonna work out. Um, which is fair because you just want you know everyone to get their chance and shot. Um, but sometimes they're just like sometimes people aren't ready for it because I get so many composers where their music just sounds so you know, rudimentary, basically. So since everything sounds fake and faux, like it, um, like they're just not there yet, unfortunately. And sometimes you have to be like, listen, you got work to do because I get so many submissions and I don't want to be that, um, that person to just like dismiss them and be like, oh, sorry, we're just not sending or accepting submissions right now. But sometimes it's just better to let them know, like, hey, this is probably the reason. Like, if you're not hearing back from a lot of libraries, like, this is the reason. Like, your music is not up to par yet. Like, you need to continue to work. Like, you need to, like, what, you know, people say, put in the thousand hours. Like, you're just, like, a musician like anyone else. Like, yes, like, you you don't have a lot of, like, actual instruments on your hands or in your on your person, but this computer system that you are working with is your instrument and you need to really perfect it because for a library that wants to get really good music out there and wants to stay at the premium side of things, it's like, you just have to be up to par. Um, and sometimes like I'll make the mistake of like, Oh wait, this music actually sounds really good. Um, but then they'll send other submissions and, or like I'll send them the brief and then they'll reply with music. And I'm like, this is not what I remember your music sounding like. And so it's like, mm, I'm sorry, that's a no. <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, being more careful and thoughtful when you're listening to people's music, um, which is hard because I've never had to do this before. And so, you know, I'm learning as I'm working with composers. And then also, I guess a note for composers is that, you know, you are being able to reference trailer campaigns that you're really excited about, but sometimes it's not about even being excited for the campaign. It's about um, giving the, the producers and editors what they need and what they want in the track. Um, um, and that's a, it's just like another way like of broadening your scope of getting your music synced um, because it's not just like a typical sound. Like there's so many other trailers out there where it's like right now you're working on this moody, dramatic, like hip hop sounding music right now. Like that's you. Um, but then you have to like, get out of your bubble and of your head and be like, you know what, maybe it's time to branch out and try this genre instead, because that's going to just make me a better, well-rounded artist. Cause then you can learn to bring that instrumentation back into something that you actually really enjoy. Um, so it's just learning and keeping your mind open and being like, Oh, well, I don't even want to do this. Like it's not about what you what you want. It's about learning. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that's big. It's not about what you want. It's about learning. That's that's a drop the mic. That's dropping the <laughs> mic. That's, that's a huge one. I mean, um, yeah. And I I appreciate you saying that because, yeah. Uh, um, I want to I want to do a whole podcast actually about this. But you know, if if somebody is. Uh, I see a lot of people, especially in the custom realm, because it's it's not really normal to to do a custom in a year. But but these people are usually they have really fast deadlines to 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 go through. And I see a lot of jaded jadedness in that space. And generally in sync, you know, like people doing tension for a year, it can really uh, uh, affect you as an artist. Me, I would say, and not you, yeah. but being able to every music session when an artist is opening a new canvas uh per se 
just like trying to stretch it a little bit. So if it's, I mean, trying to use African drums like you gave me once, like just like using mm -hmm. African drums in a trailer or like using a, um, a, a, a sample that you've never used and making it the, 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 um, making it the main sound, making it the, the hook and just mm -hmm. taking and going out and exploring out of the comfort zone is also, a, in my opinion, it's, it's so important to be able to, to balance that craftsmanship. Yes, customs, 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 but also being able to explore and be curious. And that's what I've, that's what I've taken from you because, uh, um, again, working with you has, has taken my artistry to a new level because I, I've given you ideas, which you've, we've polished together. And now I'm like, after I'm, I'm listening to it, I'm like, damn, like this is, this is teamwork. So I'm, I'm super happy that, that, uh, um, we're coming on the hour really soon and I want to be uh, cognizant of your time. So I, I wanted to ask, is there anything, uh, uh, is there any last parting piece of advice you'd like to give people before we, um, or, and also like uh, a way maybe to contact you or whatnot um, before we finish this? Yeah. Um, I think this just goes not just for like the composers, musicians, but like anyone who even wants to work in the music industry. It's like, you just have to like, work and work harder than anyone else um but that doesn't mean you have to grind your life away because I think that everyone needs that balance because you know I did that when I was when I was going through school I was going to school internships like I was my schedule was filled to the brim and I had nothing left to give um so it's, it is about putting in that thousand hours, but then also finding the balance of like, wait, why am I doing this again? Am I just try, trying to prove to everyone else that um, people are, because, you know, there's so many people who are like, you know, the music industry, like, isn't that really hard? Like, are you sure you want to do that? Um, but it's like, it's not proving to them anything. Like, yes, that could be a great sense of motivation, but it's like, why do you want to do this? Is this bringing you joy? You know, the Mary Kondo, like that cleaning lady on um, Netflix. You have to take a look. Is this bringing you joy? Is, is this something that I really, 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 really want to do? Um, and it don't be ashamed if you realize by the end of the day, like, you know what? This isn't it for me. Um, but to those who do want to do this, work. Put in the work. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to like, oh, like, yes, you want to be a music supervisor. That's what I want to do. Don't be afraid to like, okay, now let's go to the music library. Let's see what this is about. Oh, let's become a licensing like manager. Let's see what this is about. It's honestly just becoming well-rounded and not putting yourself in a box because that is honestly climbing up and figuring out what you want to do in the music industry. It is, but people say it is not linear. Sometimes it is very much horizontal. You're just going to be going like this, collecting all the things before you can even slightly move up. Um, so yeah, I think that's my, my advice is just keep going and learning because that's all, that's all you can do. Um, and then where people can find me, I mean, I don't really, my, my socials are not dedicated to music at all. Um, but people can always add me on LinkedIn. Um, just Jordan Smith. I'll be under, like, if you do, I know there's Jordan, there's a hundred Jordan Smiths out there. Um, Jordan Smith and Chroma, you could probably find me there because that is dedicated to all business. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. Jordan, Jordan thanks so much for coming on. I, I appreciate you so much. Yeah, of course. Yo, I enjoyed this so much and hope I will get to, to talk to Jordan again on the podcast because she was so, so dope in my opinion. 
If you like this podcast, just go ahead and review, rate it, and review it on your platform. This really helps the show grow. Hit me up on socials if you'd like, and let me know what your thoughts are. And yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. I have so much love for y'all. Have a great day. Sync Gems, we out. Peace. Peace.